0: Hello and welcome. It's the pleasure of Power to Change to present Family Life Today, each week, Monday through Friday at this time. We'd love you to contact this station and tell them how much you appreciate hearing Family Life today. Well, let's get started on today's edition.
1: Today we're going to continue our conversation that we started yesterday about abuse, and it's a heavy topic. And if you find yourself in this situation, we really hope that you will get help.
2: So, I'm not sure I know what you're going to say, but have you ever counseled a wife to leave her husband?
1: Yeah, I have. I've done that several times, actually.
2: When, why? I mean, I don't want names, but. The first time. There has to be a big reason. The
1: first time that I did this, I felt really bad because I missed it.
2: And by the way, when I say leave her husband, I don't mean divorce her husband, yeah, but to step separate. away for a while.
1: Yeah. It was a a woman in my Detroit Lions Bible study, and she was amazing. Like, I loved her. Funny, great. Her husband was incredible. He was one of our favorite guys, just really personable, charismatic, just fun. We loved him. And I noticed that she was coming in with her sunglasses on quite a few times to the Bible study. Hmm. And I asked her, like, did you have some eye thing done? Are you okay? And she took her glasses off, and she had a black eye. And I didn't think anything about it. It makes me feel bad. I never questioned her more. But later I found out that um, he had been beating her and abusing her. And you remember, we were shocked Mm -hmm. just because this guy is the greatest. And... I've had other cases like that where now I could recognize it more easily. And I will even say this at the weekend to remember marriage getaways. From the stage, from the front, if you are in an abusive situation, get out to separate and to get safe. Because the most loving thing you can do for him is this will wake him up to think this is an issue and we need help.
2: And you sound like Dr. David Clark. I've heard him say that. I've read <laughs> it in his books. And he's sitting right across the studio from us. Welcome back to Family Life Today. Hey. Hey. Great to be here. Is that what you were thinking when she was saying that? I was like, man, I've, I've said that a thousand times. I was mouthing the words.
3: <laughs> and as Ann indicates, and you both have seen this too, these are the greatest guys in the world to the outside world. Yes. Mm. Help me. He's funny. He's godly. He's on the church finance committee for heaven's sake. He'll do anything for me. And they're shocked to find out behind closed doors, different story. The mm. wife's living the nightmare. And nobody knows. And and your usual Christian wife, I, I don't want to tell anybody. He's my husband. I love him. Uh, the kids. What's going to you got to tell somebody hmm. and get out. You just have to have to deal with a support team and get out.
2: Yeah, well, you do this every day. You're a psychologist, a writer, 15-plus books. Uh, you've written a book called Enough is Enough. Great title. A Step-by-Step Plan to Leave an Abusive Relationship with God's Help. And a lot of people look at that subtitle and think you're telling them to get divorced. But you really are saying what Ann said. No, sometimes you need to get safe. It's a wake-up call for the abusive spouse and maybe change can happen and, you know, the dream is that you come back together and have a whole different marriage and family. But talk about, you know, the red flags because if I'm a wife or, you know, I'm in a marriage and I'm not sure, is he really an abuser or is he just a selfish guy that sometimes messes up? How do I, what are the red flags? How do I put that in that category where, wow, I probably do need to
3: get safe? One thing is it's not stopping and it has been years. A couple of months, okay, young man, new to the marriage. My first year of marriage, I was not very impressive as a husband. I was selfish. My mother, it's my mother's fault. She had spoiled me. I mean, hey, I did to Sandy, and I expected all these things from her. And here's the, one of the cute differences. We're eight months into our new marriage, and she sat me down. I think it was more like three. <laughs> and she said, David, this is ridiculous. You know, I know you're the baby, but I cannot cook every meal. I'm working. I'm working at the Dell Seminary Switchboard, and I, I can't keep this place clean without – I was doing nothing. She said, here's the way it's going to have to be. Uh, you're going to have to do the laundry from now on. You're going to have to help with the meals. See, I loved her. I thought, whoa, I, did I change? Yes, I did.
1: So you're saying we do dumb things. When we first got married, but that's not the definition of an abuser. No,
3: everything changed because I love my wife and I'm normal. And I thought, whoa, I'm just a selfish pig. So when you see change and not just these guys, the abuser will change for a couple of days, maybe a week or two and then go right back. No, no, if it's consistent change and he's really growing as a man and he's and he's learning and he's meeting your needs. My job is to meet Sandy's needs. And when she's happy, of course, I'm happy and everything works out. So abusers don't think that way. It's all about me. So they, they do not change. Not in the context of a reasonable marriage. that okay, You can't do anything with a person like that. And then I, I say to these, look, look, I'm looking at you and we're talking through and, and I see there's damage being done. Let's look at what's happening to you. And that's one of the key red flags. All kinds of physical problems. You're 35 years old. You're 45. You're 50. You're falling apart. Why is that? It's because of the stress of the trauma of the emotional abuse you're experiencing. Are you talking physical? Physical. Physical damage, heart problems, uh, kidney issues, uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, a- a- and emotional panic disorders. You're, you're depressed all the time. You're anxious. You're, you know, all these things are happening. Your self-esteem is being stripped away. You're not as close to God. There's spiritual impact, too. You're distanced from him because you're wondering, why has he put me in this situation? You're not serving him because you have no energy. You're physically exhausted all the time. And then I say, let's talk about your kids, because if I can get the mama bear energized, maybe that won't do it for you. Maybe you do it for your kids. Your kids are also suffering. The abuser will turn your own kids against you. He'll spend decades poisoning them against you.
1: How do they do that?
3: Something happens, and, and you'll be criticized right in front of them at, at, the, at the dinner table. This isn't a good meal. I mean, literally, this you burn this, or this. This wasn't done. Or I told you I don't like fish. I mean, just harsh. Kids are sitting right there. Front row seats. What the wife does, and the usual wife will just take it, okay, pattern established. Something's wrong with mom. And so if you don't challenge that idea, the fear that you're, you're crazy or a poor cook or whatever else, he'll do that in so many different areas, sometimes right in front of you, a lot of times outside of you. And so the kids are thinking, oh, something's wrong with mom. So they'll start disrespecting her? Yes, they will. Oh, yeah. They're not listening to you. They know they don't have to. Because the abuser will come in behind you. He wants to be the hero. When Sandy, she's raising our four kids mostly. I'm at the, I'm trying to build my practice. When I came home and she said, here's what's happened. And I want you to back me every time I back her. I believe, she's my wife. The abuser won't do that. He sees the chance to win and get the kids on his side. And he would say, no, nah, you can stay up until 9 o'clock watching TV. I'll tell you later, have you noticed they're not respecting you? They're not listening? They're not following through on your consequences? Because they know they don't have to? And what's happening Little boys who grow up in this kind of a home with an abusive dad and a mom that takes it, they're abusers in training. They are learning their lessons Mm -hmm. 85% of the time. That modeling is so critical. And the little girls, the abused in waiting, they're Mm -hmm. going to be drawn to a guy that's abusive. They're going to marry him. And the whole generational sin thing never stops. So we have to stop it. You only stop it by saying, I'm getting ready. I'm following these steps, and I'm getting out.
2: Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, you even said earlier that, you know, when you were first married to Sandy, it was a couple months, and she let it go. But if I'm a wife who's being physically abused, you don't wait a couple months. No. Because physically, they and their
3: children... You can't give them two months. You can't give them a week. Oh, well, I agree. Physical is different. Right now. I want them out it, it, with emotional abuse. They just can't quite pull that off. But the physical, yeah, it's today. There's shelters. You've you got to circle the wagons. Family, friends, yeah, today is the day. Get out. And even ladies like that, they find it, of course, obviously very hard to do. Hope springs eternal.
1: Well, we, we don't feel like we're as spiritual
3: if we do that because Jesus
1: conquers all. And so I think we put ourselves in that position of, but, but God can save this. And you're saying he might, but in order to save it, you have to get out first. Right.
3: I will tell them on the authority of Scripture, and I'll read them the passages, Jesus is telling you, get out. I want you to get out. I think of my three precious daughters. And if one of their husbands or more than one was abusing them as a, as a loving father, what would I do? Oh, sorry, you're just stuck in that situation, and it's probably your fault anyway. Like many pastors might say, no, I would do anything to get them out. Well, God's even more loving, of course, than I could ever be. He is not in favor of that kind of ongoing suffering and, frankly, destruction. No, no, he wants you out. How do you convince uh, a couple, or maybe it's the
2: wife if the husband's the abuser, that separating for a time— And you don't know how long that could be. It could be a long time. It may not ever come back together. But we hear that and we hear defeat. And we think, I'm giving up. But you're you're saying it's the opposite. You're not actually giving up. You're taking a move. You're you're making a move that God's going to
3: use in a much better way. Help us understand how that's victory rather than defeat. I say, look, your pattern is so strong. It's been 10 years. It's been 15. Am I right? How long have you been married? Uh, 20, 25, whatever, 15. Okay, it's like a monster. You're feeding it. And if you stay together, it will never go away. It's too strong. It's too much for you. Plus, as you stay together, the only plate you can spin right now, I'll tell him, is getting yourselves healthy. You're not healthy. He needs the space to work on his abusive tendencies, his abusive behavior. Figure it out. He can only do that apart. Plus, we're motivating him. You've got to restore your life. You've lost Mm -hmm. your voice. You've lost your identity. You don't know who you are. Your kids have turned against you. You're, You're falling apart. Your healing is just as important as his. You can't do that. When, when you're interacting with the person. And I say your marriage is right on the edge. You can't one more time, you know, if this happening. It's not going to be one more time, but we, it might push you over the edge. we got to create some space. And it's mm-hmm. the best chance you've got to actually make this work. Mm-hmm. Now I'm guessing uh,
2: someone could be listening thinking, uh, I'm not married. I don't want to have this kind of marriage. What red flag should I be looking for if I'm dating or I'm in a relationship with a guy or a gal? Are there signs? Should I be able to see that this guy, this gal could be a a problem?
3: Yeah, there are almost always red flags. And the hundreds of ladies I've talked to, looking back, say, oh, Mm -hmm. I saw those, but I was in love with him. I thought he'd change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Always take a look at the guy's family see them together spend a weekend you can and women are 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 intuitive you can pick up a lot from what goes on in a home and you're going to quiz this guy that the abuser won't say much about his family typically other than it was the greatest family in the world or it was horrible but these are generalities what was it like in your home well my if you hear the words my dad was abusive okay red flag now the caveat would be if he can talk through what happened and he's gotten therapy and he's different okay But if he just hates his dad and can't believe he was abusive, no, that would be a red flag. And when you're seeing his parents interact, if they're still together, then you're, you know, these guys can't help themselves. Even over the course of a weekend, there'll be small things you'll pick up. Does he wait on him hand and foot? Is he sharp with there? Is there is there criticism? And then, of course, his relationship with you, his interaction with you. What these guys will do is the control starts very early on. They will begin to separate you from your friends. Friends that you've had for a lifetime or, or key close friends. Now, I, I want you to be with me. Well, you're thinking, he loves me so much. He wants to be with me. No, no, he wants to control you. A normal man would never fool with your friendships. You can have both. He'll start cutting you off from your family. Other instances of control. And a guy that's got a financial problem, and you check out his financial history. Some of these guys, uh, they're either high powered workaholics, So you're never going to see, and they're driven in their career more important than you'll ever be, or they're slackers and they don't work, and you're paying for most of the meals. And if you date a man long enough uh, six, seven, eight months, and it's getting kind of serious, if he won't talk about any issue, I don't care what it is, in a normal relationship, Sandy can bring up anything in the world. And, and I'm to listen and understand. And if it's about me, that's tough. But, hey, I, I want to have the truth. This guy won't do that.
2: Hmm.
3: He, will say, he might say, a quick, I'm sorry, and you move on. He will not work through an issue. And so we've never had a fight. Are you kidding me? How many fights are you going to have in your marriage? You need to figure out how to do that right now. So you want to see the abuser when he's angry, when something hasn't gone his way. That's going to tell you what you need to know about the guy because the abuser guy can't handle it. Hmm. Well,
2: uh, the scary thing is as you started sharing some of those red flags, I wanted to turn to Ann and say, wow, I had a lot of those, which I think is a good discussion because no, honestly, I was thinking, oh, you talk about my dad, you talk about my mom and dad, you oh, come yeah. see my family. I mean, I wouldn't say my dad was an abuser, but there was a control. Mm-hmm. There was an emotional abuse. They were divorced. There was alcohol problems. We didn't, we didn't resolve conflicts. We sort of avoided them because it was bad and it was loud news. And, and so anyway, as I was listening to you talk about that, I'm like, wow, I think. Well, I could ask you, did you ever think I was even close to being an emotional emotionally abusive to you or others? No, no, but I had some of those flags, so that's the question well, like, Dave, how do but you let me
1: talk about the difference like as, as he was naming those as I think back, you are always willing to talk about yourself in terms of this is where I came from, and you are vulnerable of saying this is what I feel, these are some of my insecurities. Um, You were strong in saying, I never want to be like that. But the thing I watched in you was your pursuit of Jesus and your pursuit of other men, and discipleship, and being under the authority of other men. And most of us have messed up backgrounds, but you are willing to look at it, and you are willing to have other men speak into it.
2: And that's the question. You, you're you you're an expert on this. You see this all the time. What did I do different that would say, oh, you've got some brokenness, but you're not an abuser, you're not even close. It's not a red flag. It's a flag, and you're going to deal with that in your marriage, and we have. But it's not like, wow, this guy is in that category. What separates the abuser from somebody that's just broken?
3: I think yeah. Ann said it beautifully. because I'm not that concerned about the fact that maybe your your background's a disaster because Anne said, yeah, most of us have that. <laughs> okay. It's what you do with that. Mm. And, and if you bring it up, you, you've been to his house and seen his parents or he's talked to you about the problems. How does he talk about that? Will he talk about it in detail? Will he be vulnerable? Here's what I've learned from this, and here's the work that I've done to not be like them. Okay, that's key. The fact that he's talking about it all, that will take away a lot of red flags. If you'll have the discussion, anytime you want, I'm concerned about this, concerned about that, anything in the dating relationship, that bothered me. What you said this morning, you were 20 minutes late. doesn't make a difference. You're, you're testing, and he's always there listening. Okay, abusers can't do that, hmm. not for very long. And, of course, Jesus, that not just says he's a man of God and I'm on the committee or I, I go to church. No, no, Will he spiritually bond with you? Will he pray with you on a regular basis? Will he open the word of God? Is he leading you spiritually? Is he open to, you know, really talking about his spiritual life, really following Jesus? Does he have accountability? Is he in a men's group? Okay, that's a guy we can been with.
2: Yeah, and it sounds no. like, as
3: I'm yeah. listening to you, it sounds like, and it's what Jesus does in a man or a
2: woman's heart, is he takes away defensiveness. Huh. I guess it would be arrogance, narcissism, where... You are now, and, and you might not have been before Christ, but Christ does a work on the heart where it softens to the point where you're like, I have brokenness, I want to grow, help me grow, rather than anytime you point something out, you're wrong. You know, that's the control side, right? So there's a, there's a humility and a lack of defensiveness that's got to be there, right. whether you're
3: dating or in marriage. If that's gone, you're looking for trouble. See, they're not a work in progress. They're fine. They're perfect now. Hmm. And don't give me any input. They'll give some words that may say, well, I guess I messed up. Oh, no, no. It's very rare. And they move right on. That humility. If you've got a humble man who will be vulnerable and say, I messed up there. I hurt you. Period. Nobody gives a real apology in this society anymore. An apology is, I was wrong. I hurt you. And then, if it's a woman... I I hurt Sandy, I do it, you know, I don't want to, but a couple times a week. (laughs) And and then, not only am I sorry, blew it, my fault, period, but then she's going to talk it out. What happened and and, and relive it to make sure I know what happened and I get it and that's how women operate. The abuser won't let you do that. If I'm going to give you and I'm sorry, that's all you're getting. Be thankful. I've handed you the stone tablet of apology and that's it. Move on. No, it's got to be talked out. Mm. Women want to be reassured. Do you really get it? And that's how you bond. they just won't do that. They won't do it. I'm, when I see an engaged couple, and it's not very often, you can imagine why. What a surprise! I'm really hard on them, almost trying to break them up. I, I want them to have a real relationship before they get to the wedding.
1: You know what we say? We say you guys, you should go on a really hard mission trip. Yeah. <laughs> because see them was,
3: under stress. Yes,
1: yes. put each other under stress. Under no sleep, under hard living conditions. How they really, treat others. Yes. Oh, I love that. It That's reveals a lot. It
3: is. You're sleeping on the hard ground. Yes. Are you kidding? Yes. That's what I'm talking about. That's good. <laughs> yeah, this could be this could
2: be a scary action step for a married couple, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think one of the greatest gifts you can receive from your spouse is truth. And it's hard because we don't want truth. We sort of like you're you're awesome, amazing. But I call it a gift because when your spouse speaks something maybe that's hard for you to hear, like I see something in your life I'd like to to point out and goes both ways, that's the moment of truth where am I going to resist this? Or am I going to go, this is a gift. This ain't actually make me better. Now, I know I just might have set up a couple to get in a huge fight right now, (laughs) you know, but I would encourage you to be able to say, okay, honey, I want you to tell me something I need to know, and I'm going to listen to it and not get defensive. See if you can do it.
1: Well, you might, David, first, because we'll do that. But then we'll come back to one another and say, I've said often to you, like, okay, I overreacted and I got really defensive, and I'm sorry about that. Let's talk some more.
3: See, that's a healthy couple. My Sandy's much like my mom. She's a tough cookie. She calls me out, but she's made me a better man, so yeah. much better. Yeah, because I, she's right. She's right every time. She lives with me. How could she be wrong? She's experiencing <laughs> me. I spent the first eight months of thinking she was wrong, yeah. and I can always explain it. Okay, well like, that's ridiculous. And she says, "Look, I'm a I'm a reasonable person. I have a degree in college. I'm living with you, and you're an idiot some of the time." Okay, but as I've as I've taken that, of course I love her. It has to be done anyway. But I've changed and matured. Abusers don't do that.
1: If your adult daughter is dating someone, heading toward marriage, and you as a parent are seeing these red flags, what do you do? You have adult children.
3: Yes, I do. They married wonderful young men. But if that wasn't the case, it's a good point, Anne. And this is like a one-time operation because they can marry who they want. However, like Dave said, truth. You sit down with that girl. And If it's the dad, it can be the dad and the daughter. I like a one-on-one because if it's the both of you as parents, it's too much. Ganged up. it. Exactly. Not a restaurant. That's a social place. Can't talk. She's filling my water glass. Whatever. Private place, and and, you, and it's a one-way statement. And this is the, the best way to do it. Is we're not having a dialogue in this first meeting. I've got something to say to you. I'm gonna say it, and I just want you to listen. I don't want any response. See that way we can get by the defensiveness. It's gonna be right there. I love Bob. Bob would never. Uh, Honey, listen to me. I'm going to lay it out, and you give specific examples. I've got a concern. I'm just saying. At least think about these issues and postpone the wedding, and he's got some work to do. Not saying you can't marry him, but let's see if he changes. Think and pray about this, honey, and if she starts to respond, not now. In a couple of days, maybe there's a better chance she'll actually think about it, and then you can have another conversation. It's worth a try. She could say no, but at least you've made the attempt, A lot of parents, well, and I've heard this a million times. Well, we're, we're getting married, you know, in three months. Maybe you're not. Hmm. It is not against the law to cancel all the money, the people, the wedding invitations. Who cares? You're on the verge of marrying a dirtball, a potential dirtball. Let, let's make sure that he's not. Hmm. We've lived longer. You pick up these things. You're not wrong. Oh, you're, you're right. You're, you're seeing things. In the, in the throes of love, you can miss it. Yeah. So parents are four. I try that one-on-one, lay it on them, and hope they think and pray and get back to you.
0: We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication, and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you need some practical help in your relationship and aren't quite sure where to turn? We offer relationship checkups where you will meet with one of our trained relationship coaches who will help equip you with some new tools while you take a more holistic look at your relationship. For more information, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website, families.powertochange.org.au under the Need Help tab and get started today. Have a great weekend and please join us on Monday at the same time for another edition of Family Life Today.